0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Broken Miles Podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and joining me is my co-host, Sean, (laughs) a.k.a. I love dudes. Today, yep, hope everyone had a good break and vacation and enjoyed their time off from work and school. Uh, This week, we are going to be talking the Star Wars Rogue One movie, the Doctor Who Christmas special, Steam Store. Winter sale, which has left me pretty much broke, and thanks for the game, our favorite game. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's go. What do we? Okay, so we got some pretty good games. This this was a big Steam year. Um, they had some of their top selling games on sale for fifty plus percent off. It was amazing. Yeah, it was really good. Um, However, we did not buy those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. We. Um, we mostly bought, like, good co-op games. Um, actually, all the games we bought were co-op games. So we, yeah. we have a good five to six um, games that are meant to be played with, you know, people you, I guess, remotely like. And, uh, eh. yeah, and we just got Astroneer, but we haven't played it yet. So we'll let you know oh. next week what we think of it.
1: Yeah, that's we'll definitely up there to
0: play. Um, oh, I wanted to address some things from the Star Trek episode. I missaid Khan's um, actor's name. I said Vic Montoya. That was not his name. And um, I'm sorry. I'm oh, sure yeah, I made I was, everyone mad about that. I was wondering was wondering when you were going to apologize. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, Multibon played him. Ricardo Maltavon. Yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah. But cool. uh, yeah. So let's talk about first of all. Okay, before we get into Steam games, let's talk about Rogue One. That came out December, huge hit for Marvel Disney, um, Star Wars or Lucas Disney now. A pretty interesting movie. It was not. It reminded me a lot of the first Star Wars in. That really? gareth edwards well gareth edwards used a lot of models so i think from that point of view it kind of reminded me of it um uh, which was cool to see because he used a lot of uh models for the u fighters the x-wings the tie fighters the uh the battleship the star destroyers so that was really cool to see it's like those practical effects coming back he did practical effects you know, they built huge scenes out in on beach for um, uh, what was the planet Jarrett? box in it. the jungle. Yeah. yeah, so they did a bunch of really cool scene design. They built the city um, on uh, Jarrett. I think it was the name, or ju- what was the name? Not Tatooine. Not Tatooine. Yeah, um, and the way it ended was it was all right. It, it was a good. Uh, movie, and I think that's what it was. It was a movie. Good movie. I thought it was fucking dumb. Rogue One? You said you liked it. No, I said... I said... I said I liked the ending, you know? It kind of turned into... You know, just like a decent action movie. You know, I was like meh about it. But everything else about it is, you know, kind of... I don't know. I I thought it was just a bad movie like it like it i mean if you see it i mean it's not like complete waste of money i mean if you see it it's just like going to like a another marvel movie you know it's yeah it's just meh it's not it's nothing worth high praise or it's not really worth you know it's just passable and to me passable movies are the worst kind of movies so you know it was it was all right you know the characters were meh and um story was meh and uh yeah but if i can give it some credit um i did think the the final half of the movie once they um or the last like 45 minutes once they got to that planet and the things you know um you know, that's when it was started to be like like a decent action movie, but that was only for like the last 45 minutes. The rest, the beginning I thought was you know just kind of annoying to watch. But that's just me. I mean like yeah, you can no. see it, but it's not like not like anything else anymore. So Yeah, it you know, that's that's the thing it was you know, I think they really tried to do a good war movie, and I think that's what they wanted. But uh, I, I don't think they were going to allow much more than what was made. And I have a feeling. Oh, the planet was Jedha. J e d h a. That was the planet where the Jedi were. Um, they were harvesting all those kyber crystals and everything. Um, kyber. Kyber. God. I don't know. Did you play? Much this- didn't you play Old Republic? I did, but it's been a while. So anyway, so it was Jedha, and That was the name. Um, and then Mustaf was on there from uh, where uh, Darth Vader had his castle. Mustafar. Mustafar. I know, I, I suck at this. Uh, but yeah, I thought... I think they were going to try and do more of a war like movie. And I have a feeling that that's what they had to go and reshoot. Was yeah. maybe it was too much... Of a battle movie. and But that's what we all kind of wanted. Was we wanted to see how shitty it was to be in that time. You know, what was it like for the Rebels just starting out and always being broken down. And uh, same with the Imperials, always being attacked and terrorized on each side. So, but Yeah, I mean, but that doesn't really make it good. No. It's still like no, it not doesn't. a good movie. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what... They, like it's still bad. Like I don't know. Like I, 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 it's not really. You know, I'm like the biggest Star Wars fan out there. I'm all about the expanded universe. You know, legacies. So, but, so, but I, just because I'm a Star Wars fan doesn't mean I like a movie just because it has Star Wars. Right. It. And like Rogue One. Yeah, it didn't have a lot. You know, it was like, I don't know. It, it was just. I mean, it was obvious that they filmed it in a year. And probably wrote it in a few months. And, um... Yeah, like like I said, you know, the space battles were really cool. And, um... The ground battles were cool, too. But it just... That doesn't make it a good movie. You know? So. I thought they filmed for over a year. Because the first Rogue One poster came out, like, in... God, that was a long time ago. Like, 2013-14 was when the first picture came out? I mean, maybe. But it's still... It, well, I... I mean... It still felt like it was filmed in here. It just. You know. Well, I think the reshoots had a lot to do with it, because um, they reshot forty percent last year, and I think, you know, we're not going to know because we're not going to see what the original content was, but. I will yeah. give Gareth Edwards the benefit of the doubt. You know, he came from Godzilla. He Which did a great job on guts. It, uh, considered not a good movie. I liked it. I thought it was a. Good Godzilla film because that's about all it was. Um, I like the actors and the writing, but the Star Wars film—I ah, don't know. It's we're heading into a new direction of Star Wars films. And I mean, so the, we, the directions just—you know—Star Wars is now going to be just like, you know, just like a Marvel movie or a DC Batman versus Superman. It's just going to be. Well, I don't think that they'll be that bad. Uh, but, but what I mean is, like, they're just going to be, like, turned out, turned out from the factory line, you know, just get every year pumped in, pumped out, and, you know, it's, I don't know, I, like, I don't know, Rogue One wasn't, I mean, Rogue One wasn't a good movie, but at the same time, like, I don't know, I don't think people should have been too surprised or... I don't think people should care, that much. I don't well, care. Well, there's a lot of people <laughs> who really Star liked Wars it. Movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. If you like, I mean, if your brain is stimulated by simulated by, you know, like explosions, then yeah, you'll you'll fucking love this movie. But oh. but you know, it's. Well, just, I, th- I think yeah. some people like seeing Grand Marf Tarkin and kind of oh, more of a you, deep story. Oh, you mean you, you mean Grand Marf deep. In the Uncanny Valley, Tarkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked really real. (laughs) Well, the guy's been dead for, like, almost 10 years now. To 20 years. So, I thought they did a good job with the CGI bringing him back in with Leia at the end. Crap, a Beowulf looked just as good. Like, that, like... Like, I'm like, he didn't even need to be in it. Like, Like, if we want to get full nerd here, he was just... Um, just promoted to governor so you know he didn't really become a significant figure in Star Wars until New Hope so you know they didn't really need to put him in there at all they could have just had White Coat Man who was just as good as a villain like they didn't need Tarkin to be more villainy you know it's just like antagonizing the antagonist it was just like you just didn't need to be there it was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, personally, I think it was... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I mean Leia, like, I was okay with Leia because it was, like, two seconds, you know? Yeah. It was like, boom. And then it ended. And that was kind of cool to see. Like, it start off right where A New Hope... Or it ends right where A New Hope starts. And, and yeah, you know, uh, the con... Like, the idea... Of the movie is a good idea but you know it's just um you know the ending was great you know i had a good ending you know i liked how uh spoilers everyone dies and um you know like i i like that you know i was like that makes sense but you know it's like you know if we want to go full movie theory here the the biggest gripe i have about it is the contrast and tone and you know you never and this is a common Conception that you see a lot in um, passable movies. You know, I think of like uh, what is it, Hell or High Water? One of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. That was a weird movie. That was weird. And that movie was just full of tone in conflict. Now, when we think of like a good movie, it has a um, single tone, and that gives us the ability to be immersed deeply immersed in the movie and you can still have funny dark whatever moments but as long as it's consistent with the tone of the movie it doesn't like hurt your brain at all you know like i think about mad max fury road you know that's like one of the best um action movies um at least in the past decade and i mean if not the best action movie and, you know, it had, um, you know, all sorts of different kinds of moments, but the tone was rather consistent. And what I'm, and what I'm, and for an example, for Rogue One, one moment you have, like, you know, the the blind Jedi guy, he's like, oh. he well, wasn't a Jedi, oh, he just so, was in touch with the Force. Oh, yeah, whatever. You know, and he was just like, you know, he was like, you know, you know, oh, I don't need luck. I have the Force. And then his buddy's like, The Force? I'm your luck. Ha ha ha. And then, like, two seconds later, they walk down the street and gangster execute a stormtrooper with his, like, hands in the air for mercy. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, like, what? Like, like, first of all, they just appeared in a desert town suspiciously looking like the Taliban. That was weird. You know? And then... What is that singing? My roommate, my roommate's an opera singer. Oh, god, and um, and then uh, yeah, like that's the big thing is like the contrast and tone. I'm like, whoa, you can't just have like funny Star Wars, like you know, slapstick, like mer her her moments, and then like execute a, a person begging for mercy, you know, it's just like, what, like, <laughs> yeah, and then just do it so offhandedly, like, oh it reminded me of like the charlie hebdo attacks you know where the security guard had his hands raised up and the guy came up and just executed him right there and walked off like i was like whoa like and that's my biggest gripe i, ha- I had about it was like you know you had you know classic original star wars you know kind of like hammy uh comedy which is um which is fine you know that's great for star wars and then all of a sudden they just do an obscenely realistic depiction of, like, terrorist attacks, you know. And well, that, I, and that's, like, my biggest gripe about it. It's, like, they they tried to do, like, a shock and awe type of thing and while still being Star Wars, and it just came off, like... I was very annoyed for most of the movie. I just thought it was... Yeah. So that, that's, well, like, going deep in, into the film, deeper than we need to be, but... Yeah. Well, no, and I think you make you bring up some good points, but <clears throat> I think when they were bringing in, trying to make it a war movie, that is kind of what they wanted, was, okay, this is ruthless, there's terrorist attacks on each side, there's no mercy, but I don't think it was executed correctly, like you said, yeah, like, no, you, can't just have, like, you can't have K2SO just sitting there making a joke and then you just shoot a guy.
1: Like no, if you're going to no, make like, it a
0: dark grungy movie, make it a dark grungy movie. Don't try to make it this kind of funny, lovable movie and just start killing everyone. Yeah, that's what I mean, like contrast and tone. Like there's yeah. too much contrast in tone and it's uh, it's uh mentally jarring. And like and there's so much like it was just like shameful fan service like when like she's going down the hall, the alleyway and she bumps into like that butt-face guy. And I'm like, really? Did that really need to be there? Like, I was like, well, well, that was kind of just... That's exactly. a throwback. Like, oh, I know him. You know, it's like... Yeah. It's just stupid. Yeah. The more... Yeah, actually, you know what? The more I talk about it, the more, the more I hate it. Like, it's a dumb movie. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> well, I think... That there's there, And there's a split. There's going to be people like me who... Well, actually, I think there's it's a three-way split. There's going to be people, people like you who think it's a stupid movie, which I get. There's going to be people like me who go, okay, it was... It was an okay movie. It made me laugh. It made me kind of see the broader fight that the rebels had to go through, but it wasn't like, oh god, this is Empire Strikes Back. But then there's going to be people who love it absolutely because it told a story we've never seen. It told it we saw characters we've never heard of. We got to see old characters we're familiar with and it was a Star Wars film. So there's that three way and I think I'm not I'm not completely convinced that uh, i just don't think this is the right direction i think that like you said the tone needs to be more secure they they need to be confident in doing a full-out war movie like okay so when they do the han solo films are they going to talk about his time running drugs for jabba in the hutt family in the hutt cartel and how he got his girlfriend off the planet like on Hutta? i what are, are yeah, they going mean... to I don't know, you know, Han boring. Solo's story is not a good story. It's very sad. There's a lot of death and are they going to show why uh, Chewie was gave him his life debt because of what happened to his mother with being skinned on the imperial freighter? Like or are they going to show Han Solo as an imperial fighter pilot, pilot as well? And what happened up until the point of this film of Rogue One because But that's the thing, is if they're going to sit here and go, okay, we're going to do these side stories, you can't just go, oh, let's make them fun and engaging and stuff like that, and then just ignore what the real story was. and Okay, true, we didn't have a Rogue One story before. So this was, I mean, we've had bits and pieces. Took took plans in five minutes. I was there, man. we Okay, yeah, so there's game stories like that. We've had some stories that kind of mix that mix it up and tell us kind of how everything was done. But you can't, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to be impressed with a Han Solo movie that is, ends on a happy note or is positive all the way throughout. Now it can be cheeky because he's a cheeky character. And that's kind of his role is being like this tongue in cheek kind of character who makes these jokes is really cocky, you know, but they were pretty ruthless smugglers in their stories. And so Honestly, I don't know. If- like I don't really care what the story is. Like I don't care. Like I'm not I'm not, you know, sitting in the audience begging for like blood, you know. Like all I care about is like if it's a good story. Like I don't Right. Really care. But that was his was a good story. And that's why everyone loved those books. But their extended universe, they don't count anymore. So they're gonna rewrite the story and make it something that it's not. Or Yeah, I mean like yeah I mean, whatever, you know, as long as it's, as long as it's good, you know, as long as a, you know, and I would honestly prefer a more, you know, upbeat, um, uh, you know, kind of like a new hope kind of tone, you know, like you can still have like action moments like that, but still have it about like a, uh, or like an Indiana Jones type of thing, you know, like have a, yeah, you know, a, a, uh, a roguish rakish type of, um, hero but you can, I mean, but you don't need to like, you know, you don't need to go deep into like intergalactic like death stick dealing, you know. Like, I mean, right. they might, they probably will do that, you know. Han Solo like measuring out kilos, you know. I yeah. Was, you know? <laughs> well, that was important to him because that's how he got. I mean, I mean, that was his story was that that's how he joined the Imperials was he was a pilot smuggling, for Hutta and all that, and then he broke out of the Imperial again to go save his girlfriend and, um, but. That's all conjecture, and I hope if they do take anything from the books, I hope they do take his time as an imperial pilot, um, because that was that's really interesting, and I think that brings a lot of story to um, his story as a smuggler. Is why is he such a good pilot? Why was he one of the best pilots in the galaxy? Yeah. You know, why can he get so close to the the ma- the mall, the, ma- the Ma, the Twin Star, the um, Kessel Ma? You know, how come he could get so close to those twin black holes without going in? So anyway, if they do um, the story, I hope it's a very good story, and I hope it follows some of the book, because that was a great story. I'm not completely convinced that Disney is doing a very good job writing good stories. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I don't really care. You know, <laughs> it's just like, whatever at this point. Yeah, you know, I, I will say this, though. During Rogue One, I was sitting there, and I was like, how cool would it be if Kyle Kuton showed up? Like, just I was kinda hoping up, for like, it. Like just for a yeah. moment. Like, just a guy in the background, even. Like an Intel Officer or something. Or no, just like like <laughs> you know, I know the butt face man was a fan service, but like it would have been better if it was like Kyle Katan, like, oh you bumped into Kyle Katan. Like I don't yeah. know. But we'll see. You know. We'll see. I, I don't you know, it's like whatever. You know, it's probably you know the Han Solo movie—they'll probably put in some super weapon. I will—I'm gonna bet all fifty bucks that the Han Solo movie is gonna have a super weapon, like every mm-hmm. goddamn Marvel movie. It's gonna have a super weapon, and Han solos is gonna shoot in the sky in a big blue laser. Yep. And Han Solo has to throw drugs at it. I don't know. Like yep. He's just pre Death Star. But if we're talking about movies. If we're going to talk about good movies and how a good movie is made and written, we have to look no further to Manchester by the Sea. Oh, man, that was so good. That movie was mind-blowing. Casey Affleck did such a good job. Casey Affleck is the perfect asshole. Like, he, he, wow, like, he, the the movie just oozed New England culture. I loved it. Like, it was... Before we go any further, if anyone hasn't seen it yet, go see it and then stop listening because we're going probably going to start well, talking well, about I, what happens. I, well, I don't want to talk about it too much because like the they're not twists, but the movie reveals are something that needs to be experienced raw. All I'm going to say is like, you know, if you like um, <laughs> if you like a good movie about well written characters, go watch. <laughs> manchester by the sea i won't i won't talk it, about it yeah. too much because no by talking about it, we will spoil it but it's right. it's really 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 good i think everyone in the film did a great job i think everyone. the directing was awesome the writing was awesome it really hit kind of, personally there's a lot of tragedy a lot of conflict a lot of non-resolution which is okay the actors no, were great no no it no. was pretty everything the do you mean resolution like he never the ending resolved. was pretty clear. <laughs> well, no, he never resolved what happened with himself. Like that's why he can never yeah. live it. Yeah. Anyway, okay, but yeah, but we, but can, we can't go there. But into that's it. a resolution to the story is that he just couldn't yeah. continue on. You know, that's good right. enough. You know, so right. it's. I highly recommend watching it. It's yeah. one of the best movies I've seen of this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, and that's of, an of, the, of the past movie. two days this year. Best movie of this year yet that's an amazon movie and i am expecting to see very good films coming out of amazon adam driver's in another one coming out soon and that yeah, looks I was really good yeah i was suspicious and but ever since but when i saw manchester by the sea i was like wow like amazon puts out good stuff so i don't think they're gonna put out anything that they don't think is a quality or oscar or nominee quality um well we'll see you know We'll see. And you know Netflix used to write good stuff. I, they still do. I think they're between what was it, Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu, they had like 17, 18 Emmy nominations. I mean I mean yeah, I mean more n- than any n- other Netflix network has. I mean Netflix has some good. Has some really good TV shows like um Stranger Things is like one of the best things I've ever seen. The OA is awesome. The OA is dumb. Like oh, I just I loved it. The if you're if you if you're, if you're a new-age hippie, you'll love the OA. But if you don't like stupid, like, rebirth stories, don't watch it. It's just common. It, it was made by a bunch of Hollywood actors who are, like, all the way head-deep in crystal-crunching. So, yeah. you know, if you like that. I mean, if, if you're into that, watch it, I guess. I couldn't get past the two. I watched two episodes, and I was like, man, this is too new-age for me, too to like rebirthing too much rebirth right. like, <laughs> well, well the brazilian the uh the brazilian tv show that's on netflix um i haven't seen a lot of netflix ones i just saw uh, they made some really dumb adam Sandler movies but wow I, that's but, because but know. i did see i will say stranger things is like stranger things in like black mirror I like the two Black Mirror's good. Like the two best shows on Netflix right now. Highly recommend uh, Stranger Things. Well, if you like cooking shows, Midnight oh Diner God. is awesome. Chef's, uh, table. Chef, oh. chef's Table, both seasons I, are fan- you fantastic. Can like, to sh- Chef's Table. Like it's you just, could. It's just gorgeous. Like uh, they have Chef's Table France, which is all in French, um, and then they have they have some other really good cooking. Um, but they're not like, oh, top chef kind of things. They're like, here's a story about sh- oh uh, about chefs and their story about how they got this way and how they got to be the number one chef in the world or the number one restaurant in Italy and kind of their struggle in all the uphill battles they had to go through Yeah, and the how they changed the favorite. cooking world. Yeah, The Mexican one and the, cool. what was it, the uh, Slovenian one? Oh, yeah, where oh, they go... What- it's, it's, uh, uh, of the chef is, um, this woman and her husband is the wine, uh, the sommelier. Yeah. The sommelier, and they kind of like, um, uh, they like prepare dishes by matching the like hundreds, probably thousands of different wines they have. And, and like, she started off cooking li- like literally with no experience whatsoever. She just started like, is uh it's really, it's really great. It I, is. I, lo- I like Chef's Table a lot. It's uh, Midnight Diner. That's a Japanese show that was adapted. Okay, so Midnight Diner is it's a like TV half, show, <laughs> half sitcom, it, half cooking show. <laughs> right. It's adopted from a Japanese movie that was shot in a very similar way, which is adopted from a manga from Japan. So, Chef's Table was. A, I mean, I mean, that was a manga. Yeah. Yeah. Let's look at the stories. Diner. Yeah. I, i'm gonna try and find it and read it but it, every episode is like a new dish that this one guy makes it, it's always around this diner that's open from 12 a.m to 7 a.m um so these people who work late night as taxi drivers radio hosts all this they always meet up there and the stories are about these patrons who come in and it always follows one type of dish like one person will order uh, like fish like a Corn dog, but like instead of corn, again. yeah, but it's like what fish sausage <laughs> or something. <laughs> but you know, it always kind of goes through like how people meet, people's fancers, people dealing with drugs and alcohol, and it's with... all centered around like a fish hot dog. Like, like at the movie. I mean, every episode starts with uh, some guy ordering a dish, and then like everyone orders that dish throughout the yeah throughout the. Um, show and then at the end of the show they show you how to make the dish so it's yeah. like a sitcom but the credits are like how to make the di- it, It's it's actually a really cool concept and um, it's a it's really fun to watch yeah is there alcohol in this? oh, oh hey uh, actually my fiance Ellie here uh, was on Chef's Table loves Chef's Table she was on it? no not on it but she what? turned me on Ellie. to it so Sense Ellie, point. what is your come, here, come on What's your favorite Chef's Table episode? Hey, Ellie. The first one when they're in Italy with all the Parmesan cheese. In Modena or wherever? Modena? Modena. Modena. So this guy in Modena... Massimo, is obsessed with the Parmesan cheese. Oh, he's got, yeah, Parmesan boner. But mm-hmm. what he does is there's, like, this huge accident with Parmesan, like, and it would have created, it's like... It's the earthquake. Oh, it's the earthquake, and it would have created, like, Wait. what, a world shortage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah up- so he... C- Parmesan created an earthquake? No, 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 the Parmesan would have gone into shortage because of this earthquake. Some powerful cheese. It was like 80% of the world market or something for Parmesan supply. Something huge like that. So anyway, he comes up with all these dishes on how to use this broken, tainted Parmesan, kind of. Like, Parmesan you really wouldn't buy because it fell, it broke, It's all this stuff... So he came up with all this stuff, changed how you cook. He was in an area of Italy where you really don't mess with the recipes from like tradition because it was a very family oriented area. And so he became one of the top chefs in Italy. I think he still is one of the top chefs, and he's got a very tiny restaurant. And he had got a great love story between him and his wife, and how they met New York. And I gotta watch that episode. It sounds nice. Fantastic! It's the director. I don't know who the directors were, but they shot it beautifully. The writing's done beautifully. The music is gorgeous. The cinematography is out of this world. The, it's, new one it's, is just, it, the newest one is like four episodes, and they're all French. Yeah, That's really cool too. The, the we were cinematography, just talking about Midnight Diner. Yeah, and that one. So, um, the the oh, cinematography the in Chef's Table is like is like top top gear level, you know. Yeah. Like speaking of Top Gear, sorry. No, it's fine. Top Gear is. It, it's it's hilarious because it's you know it's this, it's for like, you know, car bros, but it has like, some of the best cinematography I've ever seen, in a TV. Show. For a TV show, it, it's, it's it's just out of world. <laughs> Well, let's move on to speaking of network shows like Amazon, uh, Netflix, Hulu, the Grand Tour is on Netflix. If if you guys love Top Gear, check this out. It's. Um, Short history: The three presenters, Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May, left BBC because of a fracas caused by um, Jeremy Clarkson. Andy Wilman, the other the producer of Top Gear, went with them. Amazon picked him up for a couple hundred million. Shot this thing called the Grand Tour, where they go around the world, and each week's a new location, challenges all this. The issue the show is seeing right now is that. They are trying to get, they're trying to break away from the Top Gear motif, like, and I think that's where a lot of critics are very harsh on the show is, okay, this is what I loved about Top Gear and this, they're not doing it. It's not Top Gear. It's the Grand Tour and it can't ever be Top Gear because then the show will be shut down for lawyers. That's it. And that's something everyone needs to realize when they watch the show. Take elements from Top Gear and put them all in one episode to see okay, do we want to do more challenges? Do we want to do more specials? Do we want to do more car reviews? Do we want it more of a guy driving around a track? More semi races, right? Exactly. So, but the episodes where they were doing specials, like in Bolivia and Thailand or Vietnam, all those specials were some of their highest rated shows. And those are the show, those are the episodes I think more people would like to see. Next. Next to that would be the challenges. The challenges where they have to get from point A to point B using a car made out of mud or something. And that was one of the episodes that, uh, episode three or four of the, uh, Grand Tour. And that was a very good episode. It was very funny. They did a great job with, uh, mixing a challenge with a car review of the new Porsche. Um, and some great back and forth with Hammond and May and everyone. So I'm back in that. And that Oh, thank God <laughs> were you kicking your mic around? No, I had to get more coffee. Okay. So, and so the show is still trying to find us. Also, if anyone's listening, who watches the show, just, I want you guys to remember this can't be top gear again. We're going to get a lot of the elements, but look at this as Amazon's new motoring show. And, please for fuck's sakes remove the american i'm sorry he's not they're trying to bring in a driver it's true with a lot of foreign movies well they were brought in a test driver and he's called the american and he's kind of like the salty guy southern nascar driver and he's just always ripping on cars and it's kind of annoying because what was so okay now i'm gonna compare it to top gear which i shouldn't be doing but what was so appealing about the stick is he didn't fucking say anything and it was good that was what we wanted. We didn't want to hear it. We, wanted, to we we, heard some background music that was hilarious, but we didn't hear commentary from him. And that was okay because we heard the car. We got to see how it drove, and that's really all we wanted. But the American says, oh, this is some commie piece of shit, like blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, fuck, I, no one really cares what you think. Well, you know, we it's, just, the... it's just writing off an American stereotype to laugh at. and it, It's like, yeah, I, I know what you mean. But we... What we want is the car reviews that Clarkson does, or Hammond or May. Like, let them do their car review in the first of the episode. Then move on to what, they, what they're what they doing now. It's um, Casual Street, where they're just talking. And it's pretty funny, because they talk about the news. They talk about car reviews, stuff coming up. Pretty funny stuff. Um, the Christmas special, actually, that they did in Finland was hilarious, because they were trying out all these new gadgets and stuff, and it was pretty funny. Um, I think... The celebrity killing off that they do every week is hilarious. James May could change his line, but I think it's pretty funny. And a big slap to BBC Top Gear. Uh, I hope the show keeps going. They are hilarious people, and I hope they find their niche. And just hope that they can, hopefully that the audience just realizes this isn't Top Gear anymore. And we're not going to get Top Gear. But that's okay, because Top Gear is still out there. And that has—they um, finally got rid of Chris Evans, I think was his name. Stupid! It was horrible. Um, but uh, not Joey. Um, what's his name from Friends? Who played Joey? Um, he's on. Um, he's now he's the head. On top here? Of, Yeah, him and Chris Harris are on really? it. <laughs> yeah, and I think Sabine Schmidt is still on the show. But, um, and so it, but those three were really great. And so, you know, BBC's going to redo Top Gear like that, which is fine. I'm okay with having more than one motoring show because there's not, and Fifth Gear is boring as shit. So I'm okay with these three shows. So you have Fifth Gear for people who are very technical and really just want to watch old F1 drivers review cars and F1 commentators. And then we go to Top Gear, which is a little bit more challenge oriented and. Than the grand tour which is kind of a mix of everything and i'm i'm perfectly okay with that so mm-hmm. um yeah i'm not anyway. i'm not really into cars so I can't really say but. well and i think that's what they're trying to do is that was the nice thing about top gear was that you really didn't have to be into cars to watch it because yeah there was the spark there was the the parts where it's like okay we're going to review the, the new 911 versus the new m5 Top Gear was funny, that's the thing Like, yeah. I, I liked watching a couple of episodes because it was just like um, you know, it was just like um, you yeah, know, it was just like a bunch of guys doing like stupid shit in semis, you know like, it was pretty funny yeah, and that's what made the show appealing to everyone, so anyway, we can move on from that I'm uh, yeah, so I'm I think doing okay <laughs> Well, it was just a big year for TV and movies. Oh, so. don't worry. I'm still hungover from New Year's. Yeah. Man. So, uh, oh. it, just big year for movies, TV, games. It was, it was a big year. Um, uh, for for any listeners, <clears throat> if we do have any, you, you, you know what happened in Idaho during New Year's? We dropped a, a giant potato from the sky. Yeah, it was called the potato drop. It was... It was Not just any potato. It was lit from the inside out this year. <clears throat> yeah, and it was giant rustic. classic Southern Idaho natural gem. You know, it was, and it was descended from a crane. The fireworks almost escaped into, th- the pedestrians. It was amazing. There could have been like, uh, I think there was uh, roughly four to five thousand people downtown, which for Boise is like. That's a lot. big deal. Oh yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. It's um, not a very big area down there com- in comparison to Denver or where I'm at. Well, well, well it, it was at the Capitol grounds, so there, there, there was room, and they mm. shut down the adjacent streets, and it was fun. So, yeah, it, yeah. The next time you're sitting around and you're like, "What should we do for New Year's?" Come to Idaho and watch a bunch of crazy Idahoans drop a fucking potato from a crane. Yep. So, it's amazing.
1: You Definitely. won't regret it.
0: Well, you guys are getting dumped on with snow. It's like 60 out here in Denver. so. Oh, yeah. Well, well Boise doesn't really get snow, and that's the crazy thing because we're in a desert. We're in southern Idaho um, near the mountains, but now we're not in the mountains. and So usually our winters are kind of like yours, you know, kind of like mild. But lately, it's just been like dumping here, you know. Well, this is the warmest so. it's ever been here. I mean, we're hitting 60s for January, December. Like we're gonna get two days of snow and then it's gonna go back to the high fifties. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Boise—it's—it's <sighs> it's a winter wonderland over here. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to Steam games. Uh, I think we've we've talked enough about movies and TV shows because we could keep going. I don't know. Have I seen anything good? Oh, we're rewatching The Office. That's hilarious. No, and X Files. X Files is really good. I'm just kidding. Let's move on. All right. So, Steam games. Um, we, the, like I said, big year for Steam Winter Sale. It's always a huge year for them. They do a sale from, when is it, December 23rd to January 4th. Yeah. there. I, I think there, isn't there a Chinese New Year? Isn't that when you get the biggest discounts? I think so. Yeah. Because that's when some of the biggest games were on sale. Yeah, exactly. Like Fallout, Grand yeah. Theft Auto, all those were really cut. Oh, and um, Civ Six were cut down really low, twenty to sixty percent between those. So I didn't get any of those just because um, I'm a really co-op player right now because it's uh, all I'm doing is um, schoolwork and competitive Overwatch. So yeah, same. I'm not. I can't really. You know, I'm pretty. You know, I'm pretty busy. So I don't have time for, like, investing in a huge open world anymore. Right. Um, but they're coming out with better games in that aspect of open world. So please keep up on those. Please keep making those. Oh, we didn't. Oh, no, nope, we're going to save it. We're going to save that for an episode. We are waiting. I have been talking to Brad McQuaid from uh, Pantheon. So popular. And we are waiting to hear back on some questions we had for him. So we will do an episode with Doug and recap the two streaming videos they put out on Twitch, uh, one from Co Carnage from his view as a rogue, and then the one from Pantheon uh, Visionary Realms view as the new Shaman class. So as soon as Brian McQuaid gets back to us with the questions, um, with those answers, I'm sure he's busy trying to hit goals and stuff, and he was on vacation. So I just want to say we're very excited for this. Um, yeah. Please, please come out soon. We're really, uh, I think we're just really in need of another MMO that's good. We needed, we need bit more distractions from this pitiful existence. Yep. Keep shoving us games. Twenty sixteen was crap. Let's just. Let's I, had a, I had an amazing twenty sixteen. I don't I know, know so you. did I. I did. I got engaged. So. Oh. So. Congratulations. congratulations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She had to. It was in a contract. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, okay. Anyway, to games. Steam games. We picked up some cool games. Mostly co op. Do you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Let, let's see what you got. So I got besieged. We talked about this in our uh, first episode. Um, really fun. Um, one of those, you know, it's just one of those, like, you could just pop it open and try to build a flying. Uh, oh right, right, right. Cannonship. It's really fun. Um Dungeon Lords. I don't know if I I'm trying to remember if I talked about Dungeon Lords in our first episode. Um, if you're a super big nerd and you like uh dungeons, play that game. Um I got Hegemin, uh Hegemony three, um, which is um uh, an RTS based around um uh you know, Hellenistic uh Or pre-Hellenistic Greece and Italy. Really fun build an army game. If you're into like, it's like Rome with city management. So it's just like a deeper version of Rome. Um, Then there's Orcs Must Die, which was probably one of the most fun games I've had in a very long time. The first one is a brilliant single player game where it's a tower defense game but it's uh mm, it's defense. a defense uh yeah in a sense you know you you lay down traps and some oh, okay. towers yeah. you lay down traps yeah and, and um you are a hero in these dungeons and uh you know the game doesn't take itself seriously it's super fun and you can build complicated traps it's it's a lot of fun i highly recommend it. it's a great co-op game uh orcs must die too um, I tried playing the single player. It's a it's it's a lot harder than Orcs Must Die One. Um so the first one you can definitely play by yourself and have a great time. But mm-hmm. for the second one you definitely should have a friend. <laughs> right. Um and Well then we I both got, got that one, so we yeah, can do it's We'll do a YouTube fun. video of that. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh Titan Quest. Uh, just got uh Alex actually uh, gave me this for Christmas. Uh Titan Quest, which is um Diablo in Ancient Greece, pretty much. And it's pretty much just an upgraded version of uh, Diablo 2, you know? Um, It's the same point-and-click adventure. Um, It's a lot faster-paced than Diablo. Um, Sometimes in Diablo, you can spend, like, a couple of hours in one cave. uh, At least in the second one. And, uh, you know, it's it's just the ultimate game you just you know log in and fucking burn up centaurs and uh, you don't really need to pay attention to the story. Um and then I personally got for myself Undertale which, which is one of the best written games. Yeah. Um in the past like many in the past couple of years. It's just if you if you like puns You'll love Undertale. Everyone needs to go watch the video game donkey of him playing this. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, Undertale is a great, great game. Um, If you're into, like, you know, reading, (laughs) you'll like Undertale. And then another game that Alex and I got for for co-op is uh, Warhammer in Times uh, Vermintide, which is one of the most fucking ridiculous games ever made. And immensely difficult. Yeah. Um, it, I, I don't know how I feel about it Yeah, We we should run some missions together. Um, but it's like a I'm on I'm kind of like on the fence about it right now. It's fun in the graphics. If you want to stress test your computer, play Vermintide. Yeah. And um, you know it just gets a little kind of bullshitty because like your screen will start to like get covered in rat monsters and you can't really see. Or mentally process what's going on, and um, but besides that, besides it turning into like a humongous clusterfuck, it's it's actually uh, pretty challenging, and it's it, and it's long too. So if you like a good co-op mission that takes roughly like 15 to 20 minutes, um, I highly recommend it. It's um, I don't know if it's worth the cash right now, but if you can get it with all the expansions, I definitely recommend it. It's a good co-op game. Yeah. And that's it for me. Um, okay, so for me, we got Barony. Oh, yeah, shit. I forgot about Barony. We haven't played it yet. Looks. No, like. we haven't played it. Uh, co-op. It's uh, set up kind of like Minecraft. Yeah, well, with the uh, no, it, it, just, it just looks like Minecraft. Yeah, it's just it like that like low re- low-fi you know, type of thing. Four pixels. Yeah, yeah four color, colors. Vox, it's um, all voxel. That's it, voxel. But so. we, we got it because the reviews... We're talking about how it's just a incredibly good co-op game, so yeah. that's why we got it. Um, we also got Astroneer, which looks fun. It's you're on a planet, co-op, and you kind of have to build to survive out the there. The graphics, the art, is my favorite part. It, it's like, a I'd, really cool art story. I don't really care what like I'm like right now. I'm looking at the photos of it. That's a great new like new age game look. You know, mm-hmm. kind of looks like those, like, undergrad artworks from, um, you know, design class. Right. You know, sharp right angles, you know, color palette full of contrasts. You know, it's very Mm -hmm. simple and bold. Um, Nothing fancy. I don't really like super realistic graphics. You know, I kind of like, you know, fun, cool, unless they're in an MMO. I remember saying that in the MMO. Um, So, yeah, it's just a pretty looking game. It's just pretty. Yeah. Um, I got the Darksiders collection. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, we both got it because we bought... Was it the THQ package? Yeah, the... Um, you know, it's like a... What's that game called again? Where you're... Uh, oh, fuck. You, you know, you're, you're Kratos, and you, like, spin around... God like, of War. Yeah, God of War. It's pretty much God of War. <laughs> eh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got a... I don't know. I got a lot of games, just because they all... I usually buy... The packages, like the bulk, just because it's usually a better deal, and maybe you find a game in there that's different. Um, uh, you mean f- stupid? Yeah, that too. Fractured <laughs> like, Space like- did get an update. And if you're playing it, definitely log in and check it out. They did rebalance everything, so they oh, only uh, MMR balance of nine, so there can only be a nine MMR difference between teams. The downside is that if you're in a no group... Well, no, a lot of people were playing, but you get stuck with a lot of the people that you you played with. Like so Patrick and I last night played for a few hours and we were with the same people all the time. Which, which was no okay. Nothing wrong with that. That's the same thing as Overwatch. You know, if no one mm-hmm. logs out you, you stay in the same uh, Well no, we were done and then re logged and then re queued and we got stuck with the same people, which is okay if they're you know, willing to play. But, but, but that's as not a the team. fault of the it's that's just no. the fault that no one there's not enough players. There's no one on, yeah. Um. So that got a big update, a uh, big new ship, the Aegis. It's a great ship. It's a pain in my ass because I play a uh, destroyer, and it wrecks my ship. So wait, you fly a destroyer? Yeah, I just okay. bought a new. Well, I just got a new ship like last night. Worst ship. The destroyer was the top one for USR. No, no, dude. Are you talking about the Colossus? That's... No, the co- No, the, the Colossus, Colossus is, is amazing. Is I've, the lower I've... end is. Not as good as the Destroyer. The Destroyer was the it newer ship. It has the ship. same armor rating, Bet- better but weapons I, and it has a higher, The destroyer. I just don't like sniping, you know. You're not sniping, you're a tank ship. No, the Destroyer is a long-range... Um, no, the Destroyer is a tank ship. That's the only one I play. Yeah, but it's long-range. It, no. Their cannons can... Yes, it is. Whatever. Oh, they did increase uh, ship speed. So, for of us who play tank ships, that were, or high defensive ships, are really slow, they increased it, so turning is not such a pain in the dick oh, anymore. so it doesn't take five minutes to get to the other side either. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice, and it, oh. it seemed to balance the game, especially with all the other s- faster ships, like the Ghost or the Black Widow, stuff like that. The Ghost, I think, got nuked because it's a piece of shit, and I can't, it, it was horrible. Go, it sorry. couldn't do I mean, any damage. Um... I did pick up Left 4 Dead. I haven't played it in a long time, so I played it back on the Xbox. Picked it up for uh, left. the whole package. Gave me both Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, so I was pretty happy about that. Um, evolve Stage 2, a great multiplayer survival game. If anybody wants to try it out, what you do is you have one team that's, well, you have a team of people who have to fight against one person, and that one person is a monster dinosaur, so it's pretty cool. Um, uh, man, got a lot of, a lot of games in here that we got. So, yeah, I don't really think we uh, Red Faction games came out in a big bulk. Those are always fun. I, I always love those. But um, other than that, I got uh, not too much else. We've been. Playing a lot of Overwatch because of our the team out here in Colorado, we've, we're in a lot of tournaments. So if anyone is interested, the Colorado uh, Twitch, I'll post the info on it. We're playing tournaments three days a week now, um, online tournaments, and we've won a good handful of them. We're doing well in the league bracket right now, and um, yeah, it's been it's been good. If you ever want to watch us, we're on Twitch at Broken Mouse Plays. I've main Lucio, so. Lucio is your main? Yep, Lucio and D.Va. Um, uh, trying to be more rounded. And Soldier. I've been playing those three the most. Did you guys go all D.Va? Uh, no, they took that out. No, oh yeah, that's right. I, I haven't played in a while and I remember they took that away and I'm like, man, I loved, loved going all D.Va. It's like instant win and everyone would always get so grumpy. <laughs> Well, what they've done is Symmetra is now a viable option along with Torbjorn.
1: I like Symmetra.
0: I mean, she's only good on like a handful of maps, but you know defense maps. Yeah, defensive, rarely first point map hallways. She, um, they gave her two alts. So one is a shield generator or a teleporter. So you have to pick between them. Then. The other is they took away her ability to shield people. She just throws a giant shield in front of people, which is an awesome counter to Roadhog and his fucking bullshit hooks that won't ever be fixed. What do you mean? I think Roadhog is... I think he's well-balanced. He's... His, I don't know if it's I, the net netcode or the hitbox with the hook, but what happens know, is I... when we play like on tournament or just in competitive overall or anything, we'll be you'll get some bullshit hooks from, like, around a corner. And um, what happens is yeah, it's I've, because I've totally you moved. That. <laughs> you moved, and this is the netcode issue, is you've moved, but to the player, you're still there. So... Oh, the lag, yeah. Yeah. The minor lag. So that registers, and it looks like you've been hooked from a corner on the wall, which is annoying because you think you're away, but then you're hooked, and like I said, as a Lucio player, I get one shot, so... Not all the time, but 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 besides his hook, you know, I played. I played it enough where you know, like I. As long as you're like five feet away from him and you twenty miss meters, his hook, you yep. know, like y- you can take him out pretty quickly. And that's and that's the other thing. That's our fault. That's the person's fault for not being far enough away from Roadhog. Yeah, yeah. You're it's, Lucio. He's fast as fuck. What's wrong with you? Yeah, but it's always like if big uh, team fights, I try to stay as far back as I can or up. Riding walls and above, but sometimes you just think you're out of range because there's no real we- there's no real way to tell if you're more than twenty meters away. Like there's no, no measuring system, which like, is which is fine, because it adds difficulty level to the game. It's just you everyone's gonna make the mistake, especially in Lijong Tower, where if you're riding around, that Roadhog is pretty much can hook you from anywhere. But I I love playing Roadhog. I, I use him as, like, a flank trap person where I'll, like, wait in a hallway for someone to walk by. Yeah. Like, he's great for, like... Uh, I I think that's the thing. Like, his... From what I've noticed when I play with him, he works best as, like, a like a flanking type of person, you know, to kind of, like, sneak in and grab people from, um, like... Uh, or, or, like, to grab Reinhardt and to expose the people behind Reinhardt for, like, your support classes. And, you know, it's just... Mm-hmm. But whenever I see people use uh, I mean the roadhog is like a front end tank like they usually get squished pretty quick well and he's yeah. countered easily by soldier 76 and yada pretty much anyone with distance <laughs> yeah anyone who can sit back I've seen uh, you know an on burn him down really quickly so yeah I just like yeah I think there's other characters to that needs balancing more than him you know I think but ever well, ever since they balanced, actually, I think everyone's pretty well balanced now. I can't really think of a single character that stands out a bit more. They're doing a lot better job balancing. Um, Hanzo, like from competitive side, Hanzo is still not used. Um, he's kind of worthless right now, just because he can be countered so qu- easily by. He's robot. pretty squishy. He can be hooked. Yeah, Soldier got a kind of got a boost, um, which made him a great choice against Pharah's, uh breaking down Reinhardt's shield. Um, which is the most important thing right now is getting that shield down and picking off the back line. Um, Genji got a pretty big debuff with his jump. That was a while ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. And, you know, in competitive, you don't see him that much because he's easily countered by Winston. Uh, Again, Roadhog can grab him. Uh, D.Va can hop on him. It's not really something... Tracer, she's all right. Uh, she she's a good flanker. Genji's a good flanker. When you see like an expert tracer, that's like that's yeah. always magical. Well, expert you, Genjis are expert tracers. They just yeah. like rule the game. I always enjoy watching them. Well, MLG Vegas uh, just happened in December, and a team called Envious, which is a newer team, came out and really showed people the new meta and really did things against the grain. You know, four tank, two heals, uh, Roadhog almost every time. You know, uh, they did one that was like Roadhog, Ryan. And instead of going two healers, they only had a Lucio, which the current meta is always two healers, and then you adjust the Ana if it's three tanks, or Zenyatta for two tanks, depending on the player, whatever they're better at. Anyway, so yeah, this team Roadhog came can in, heal himself, you know. Yeah, but if he has Zenyatta's Discord orb, he can be brought down really quickly. Yeah. So it's... Anyway, this team came in, disrupted... Not disrupted the scene, but kind of showed a different way of to play and kind of these better heroes and kind of brought back uh, interesting ways to play, which, you know, they beat some of the bigger teams. Cloud9, they beat... Um, I'm not going to say Energy as a pro team because, honestly, besides Seagull they're really not that strong of a team. And I don't know if it's because they're a newer team as well, or if they were adopted out of another team. And And I'm not saying I'm better than those guys or my team's better because we're amateurs, but in the pro circuit, they just didn't seem as ready or as efficient. And one one thing I heard the commentators say was there's no call outs and that's the healer job. It, it primarily the healer job. So on our team, I, and the other healer who's in and Yada, do the callouts. Like, okay, you guys are going to this position, this position. Watch out for these guys on the flank, because we can see the field of view. When a pro team doesn't have that, you're going to end up just getting yanked around, much like Siegel's NRG did, and Siegel mains Genji, and he, from the matches I saw, he was having a really hard time getting the support he needed. But Cloud9, guys like those guys are teams that have been around for a very long time. So EnVyUs yeah. is the only real newer team, and they did a they did a great job against uh, FaZe. I think it's who it was. So, cool. Anyway, yeah. So on top of that, I you know I can't really think of anything else. We we had a we had a long break because of the holidays, and I think we're back to weekly podcasts for a couple more weeks, and then we'll take another break for a few weeks for a few months. Yeah. No. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, next week we'll let you know about more of the co-op games like Astroneer. I'm really excited for that. And, yeah, um, we're going to do our job and actually play some games this week and weekend. Yeah, cool. Well, sweet. Alright. Alright, everyone. Well, thanks again. Remember, we're on all devices. You can see us on Stitch. You can see us on man, I, pretty much every streaming service we're on right now. So. Bye. Yeah pass us around and like holiday hammer the way Sean gets passed around after a cast party. So <laughs> <laughs> all right. Have a good day. Have a good one. Everyone.